Welcome to another episode of the Baraza. At the Baraza, we aim to talk about Africa, the African story, and the African experience. I'm your host, Benjamin Walgwe. Alongside is my co-host, Patrick Wendolo. And today, episode four, we have another guest in the building, in studio today, Faith. Um, how do I describe Faith? Faith is a human traffic, uh, trafficking and social uh, consultant based in Europe. She's, <clears throat> she's an author, co-host of the Sisterhood Smarts podcast that airs weekly on Spreaker and YouTube. She loves all things mentoring and STEM ed for girls. Hey, Faith. Hey, doing? Benjamin. Hey, Patrick. Thank you so much for inviting me to your amazing podcast. Um, I actually um, took the time to listen to your very first episode, which I thought was a breath of fresh air. It was so interesting. Lots of good vibes. And um, I did have a few belly loves. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was so cool. It was really, really good, um, cool vibe. So I'm really glad to um, to be on your platform and um, yeah. And um, so you know, just let me know where you want to take it, and um, I will follow your lead. Ah, fantastic! How's Europe? Wow, thank you. Um, yeah, Europe is. Uh, oh, it's summer. <laughs> Here in Scandinavia, uh, you know, we, we rarely <laughs> talk about summer, right? So in summer, when we see, you know, just, you know, any kind of trace or sniff of the sun, um, we're all over the place. So we are having a good time. Yep. Ah, excellent. Mm -hmm. Damn, nice. All right. So yep. in today's topic, what shall we talk about? Um, Based on Faith's profile, I thought we would talk about the protecting human rights and trafficking in persons. Mm -hmm. How about mm -hmm. that? Yeah, absolutely. And I like the word that you have actually chosen, which is coercion, because um, I would say, and this is a very bold statement, but I truly think it actually might bring true that 90% of people globally being coerced have no clue they've been coerced <laughs> into anything. Yeah, totally, <laughs> yeah. totally, so, totally. Um, yeah. When it comes yeah. also to, because I know you want to keep it in the context of human trafficking, um, this is a word yeah. that is thrown around without any context. And then, you know, there are all these lengthy definitions that create more confusion. Um, than clarity mm -hmm. and so i thought that um maybe i should um give you a little bit of a historical background of trafficking um mm -hmm. fantastic and, yeah that, that yeah. would be amazing yeah yeah, yeah i Go think ahead. so and also try and demystify this um word trafficking you know so a lot yeah. of times i believe if you watch documentaries or you hear talk on human trafficking they always start by saying you know the phenomenon of human trafficking but actually trafficking is not a phenomenon it is modern slavery which stems from slavery which we all know is not a phenomenon and <laughs> um, you know there's yeah. a lot you know we know enough to know that this is not a phenomenon it is um based on a lot of things which we're not going to go into but um the historical background of trafficking um, actually um, um, comes from the concept um, of traffic. And um, the term traffic was first used to refer to so-called white slave trade in women around 1900s. So during this time, the trafficking of white women, white slave trade, um, quote unquote, um, was based on the trafficking and voluntary migration of white women from Europe to Arab and Eastern states as concubines or prostitutes. Um, and then this was increasing at an alarming rate that then, you know, there was concern raised, you know, by European, you know, middle class, upper middle class men who thought that, mm, you know, oh, why are women going abroad to be, you know, treated as concubines and prostitutes in these um, Arab eastern states so as a result of this um, concern they actually made an international agreement 
um, for suppression of the white slave trade. Now, those are very key words. They made an international agreement for suppression of the white slave trade. And this was made in around 1904, maybe 1903, you know, just think of how much time it would take to come to agreement, right? On an international scale. So I would say 1903, yeah. 1904, you know, if you want the specific dates, you can look it up um, yeah. under the white slave trade. So at this time, traffic basically meant the movement of women for an immoral purpose. Now, why did they use the word immoral? They used it because back in the day, there were, you know, there were purity standards. There was, you know, it was a time when, you know, morality was the all, you know. So it was part of the agreement included immoral purpose. So immoral included prostitution because that was seen as immoral. So initially, these are where the terminologies came from. Um, and then, um, the definition and this agreement also included, you know, treaties and agreements around crossing of country borders. And um, they were working on this up to 1910 and so on. And ever since, you know, the, we, we just see different modifications leading us now to what everybody talks about, which is the 1949 convention. So when people talk about laws protecting movement and human rights instruments, they always, you know, go back to the 1949 convention that was signed in agreement. Now, this is where the link mm -hmm. between trafficking and prostitution was solidified. And so that is why when people talk about trafficking, you always see it connected to prostitution. But mm -hmm. the modern slavery has taken so many turns that prostitution is not the only way trafficking happens. It happens in the you know, forced labor market, in au pairs, all domestic work, any industry that is un unregulated and unprotected and you know all that. So that is the historical background of trafficking, how it started, where it started and how it came about. Now, yeah, yeah. present, um, there is still not a very clear international agreed definition for trafficking. This is why I like to understand the historical context. Now, when you don't have an international agreement on the terminology, it's hard to prove that someone has been trafficked. 100%. So the term trafficking yeah. is used by different actors to describe activities. And they say activities because that's what is happening. But that is the fluff language why we see an upward trend in trafficking instead of a downward trend because we don't have one international definition for trafficking, which means you cannot apply the law internationally, number one. Number two, it is based on voluntary facilitated migration, exploitation of persons, movement of persons, threat, use, force, coercion, violence. It goes on and on and on. Basically anything that is exploitative. So and then and then also faith, also faith. Um, there's something you mentioned, you know, like the, based on the origin of trafficking. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I came across is like um, the most common type of trafficking is actually sex exploitation. And 79% um, is out of that is mostly women and children. So it just begs to say that, yeah, I'm just concurring with you that Actually, based, based, on, they, the, based they, on the origin. Yeah, the data keeps on switching because these are very highly unregulated um, areas in the, you know, in the labor market and labor, you know, sector. So some of the data that I have seen actually have gone as high as 90% of all traffic victims are women and girls. But wow. what I have seen, yeah, what I have seen is um, that, you know, I was talking to one of my um, ex-colleagues who actually works in child trafficking here in Denmark, and she said that, um, you know, she was telling me, you know, actually, Faith, there's a huge increase in now trafficking in boys. So that just shows you how the trends yeah. keep shifting. And you have to remember, with human trafficking, I always tell people, you can't trust the data. The data can be good, but it's not great because it's based on so many factors. I just showed you how then when the definition is not clear, how do you know what you're collecting? And so another thing is most people don't report. Most people are not aware that they're in an exploitative situation. Most people are not aware of the use of force based on cultural, traditional context, religious context. Most people are not aware of what is, what is the borders of violence. Some people are slapped is just a joke. And that's where, and, and that's, and, and that's where I guess we go into the, the definition of the, like, the terminology, the cost of coercion, you know, which is basically the practice of, 
persuading someone to do something by using force or threats. Now, that in itself, the definition is wide, you know? It is Extreme. wide, and coercion is happening everywhere. In companies, it's happening. You know, your, your manager is, managers coercing their employees every single day. That is why they, they like to fetishize, almost, you know, talk about human trafficking, prostitution, 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 but they don't talk about the labor market uh, because, you know, they don't want to educate. You have to educate the population on forms of exploitation, mm. forms of coercion. A lot of yeah. people are working with, you know, in very slave-like um, you know, environments and that totally. it goes against human rights. You know, um, I remember reading somewhere that, you know, we, we had a list of, you know, identification, I don't, just don't have it here with me, but we had a list of things that we used to go through to identify, you know, victims of human trafficking. And one of them is, do you have to ask permission to go and use the restroom? How many people have to tell their managers, I'm going to the restroom, I'm going for lunch. <laughs> so, you know, it, know it's right. so simplistic, but yep. we have created a very um, interesting environment in the labor market um, in all sectors, you know, but I understand why, you know, you can't it's solve even, everything at once. Yeah, so yeah. The most extreme areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's even very close to home, you know. The definition when you when you're talking about regional and domestic trafficking right mm -hmm. yeah it, it comes closer 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 to home and then you actually realize that even someone as close as the, uh, like what we call house helps you know you'll find yes, that they're living in con the conditions they're living in you know and the, the treatment they're getting you know you left one place to another in the hope of one thing and you received a totally different outcome Exactly. Yeah, majority of house helps are um, victims of human trafficking. They don't work regular office hours. They don't have any kind of, you know, benefits. Um, mm -hmm. They don't, they, the environment is very toxic. You know, you know, you also have to consider if they're working in a home and the home is very toxic, the couples are fighting, abusing each other, throwing things and she's at the center. She's also dealing with some mental stress. People don't think about this. And imagine you're in your office. Imagine you worked in an office and every day people were throwing things across your desk and you know insulting you in the process what would that look like for you you would be totally stressed right and this is happening yes. every day in 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 in, a house, in households and the house helps are caught in the center then the wife slaps her just for the heck of it and the husband throws a bottle at her face you know or rapes her so and and because these are the most um tricky areas to collect data benjamin because this is why I always say when you look at the data, you have to always, you know, take it with a with a grain of salt, because mm -hmm. um, how would you diagnose, how would you assess a private house? How would you prove that she didn't receive her payment when she's paid cash? And the whole yeah. company said we paid her. So there's a yeah. lot of things that create yeah. obstacles in identification of human trafficking in domestic work in the agricultural sector also the cleaners who clean your offices we never see their faces do we we just come in the morning and the office is clean right so uh, we <laughs> don't know true. that's we, true yeah you don't know whether the lady has cleaned you know she's been cleaning all day from building to building you know without break we know that's what happens but it's very hard to to um collect data um, yeah. in these specific sectors and of course also with prostitution because these are usually happening underground in some very unscrupulous ways and and so collecting data again is very very difficult and what is the most difficult thing about collecting data is people have learned to live with abuse they don't recognize coercion so if you don't recognize as a problem you'll never think of reporting it or leaving that talk that um, coercive um, exploitative, abusive, forceful, where you're threatened, this kind of environments. So a so, lot of women are used to this culturally, you know, socially and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I think from, from what I'm hearing, you can, you can, you can then say that probably trafficking is broken down into two categories, which is sex trafficking and labor trafficking, right? Well, yeah, forced labor, um, well, anything that is happening that views a human being as a commodity to be bought and sold. Because mm. trafficking happens in a marriage. Remember the definition I gave you? 
I have had okay. cases where trafficking <laughs> happens in a marriage. I've oh, snap. Hold, yeah, hold up, anything hold up, hold up, hold up, hold that treats up. human beings as a okay, commodity okay. Hold to up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh-huh. Okay, wait. Yes. We usually can, say can, pull I... up. Yeah. Oh, pull up. You said yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> kindly, could you expound on that? Trafficking okay. happens. Maybe some of our listeners. That works out. Yes. Um, remember, um, trafficking um, requires people to have freedom of movement and the ability to exercise mm-hmm. all aspects of the human rights, social, financial, economical. Wow. That's true, though. So, how many husbands will tell their give their wife a curfew? <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many husbands um, will insist ooh. that she has to say where she's going? It's the same as asking permission to go to the toilet. Damn. So now, um, now, now you know, means, the traffickers that... actually tell their prostitutes what to wear, how to wear, how to dress, what to put on, how yes, to comb yes, hair, yes. and do everything. Husbands do the same. How many husbands threaten their wives? If you say one more word, I swear, and then you're six feet tall and you're standing over half a frail four foot two figure, her heart is beaten, but she's like, "Um, I hope he doesn't do anything. That is anxiety, and she's about to get a panic attack. Uh, Okay, Faith, that's deep. Uh, Would it it be correct to categorize that? in domestic no it's not domestic and that is why the lines are very blurry and the question you've brought up is so important because um to date um i think we've gotten better at that but to date um i know there are several areas where identification has to be done really really well that you actually have to go through there are certain schematic tools that you can use to identify this is just clearly domestic violence right you you badger her you abuse her however we're talking about any human being as a commodity to be bought and sold where she's not getting payment so you let's say your wife is a housewife she has no source of income she can't leave she has happy that is not domestic violence if you slap her that's an overlap of human trafficking and in that whole description of coercion force threatening threatening her abusing her you have just added violence to the table wow but but um Wow. Okay. Um, I would like to get this clear. Uh, so, okay. In in this case, where it's your spouse, um, you know, you she's not like really working for you, or are you ex? Okay. So, if I was paying her a stipend, say every month, but I'm still violent, would would that change the equation? <laughs> really, Patrick? If it's the same just look at look at no it's a it's a very it's a good question because people we've had women who, who are victims of domestic violence you know who have shown up at centers yes. thinking they're you know they're yep. being trafficked um, i don't want to go too much into the identification process however within a marriage mm-hmm. you have a marriage contract that actually is an agreement that requires you to fulfill certain terms and i mean and, you know based on whatever religious practice traditional setup that you have yeah. agreed upon mm-hmm. and this is again 100 percent. this is again why we have challenges yeah. not i have in one particular definition of trafficking internationally because you have to go across cultures and religious beliefs the concept within a muslim yeah. family yeah. is very difficult to you know to compare with a christian or a traditional you know all these different things play a role however yeah. Human trafficking is anything that treats human beings as a commodity to be bought and sold. And it can happen in whichever area that is happening. It will be defined as human trafficking. I'm keeping it simple because I don't want to go into too many of those ambiguous, complicated, you know, um, terminologies. But I guess I guess which we can be used to clearly identify your wife as a victim of human trafficking and actually we changed the word the word from victim and we say survivor of human trafficking because we realized oh. <laughs> if she's alive she's a survivor that's true so so faith um um in the context Wait. of africa mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um basically all these bloodlines are, are, are around 
trafficking and all that. Mm -hmm. I think that I think that creates a very very big loophole, especially in Africa, because there are no institution there's, there's no institutional framework. Do you know? There are no controls per se. Exactly. Exactly. So so um, I'd just like to ask you in your in your line of work. What has been the situation, especially like, have you come across like people who have been trafficked from Africa? What does that look like? Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh, <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, and you actually said, yeah. yes, you know, everywhere in the world, in, in the US, in Asia, everywhere. Yeah. Um, um, your question is very important because even right now, when we look at the data, for example, I can just quickly quote, you know, 40 billion, an estimated 40 billion is, you know, is the amount of money generated, you know, in human trafficking. But when I go deeper into the data, you realize that these are figures coming from the Americas, Europe and Asia. Um, I can also just throw out data and say, oh, you know, 70 75% of recorded human trafficking victims are females, 79% are richer women, 59% which are women, the rest are girls. So these are, again, when you go down, you know, to the, when you start breaking it down, you find it is data coming from Europe, Americas, Asia. But yet there are huge amounts of Africans being trafficked every day. Now, Forced labor in Africa has received um, very little attention than other regions. It's obvious, it's evident, and um, it's also mixed with just missing people. Africans yeah. are just missing people, you know. However, they need to be identified as survivors, victims of human trafficking because there's certain human rights laws and you know, treaties and, you know, Palermo protocols and all these different protocols that, that protect you and your being. And once you have been identified as a survivor or victim of human trafficking, then the law has to come into full force to protect you and to give you the resources that you need to get back on track. So I'm yeah. saying this because it's important for Africans to pay keen attention to this it is important for you to be identified as a victim survivor of human trafficking. I'll tell you that in Europe, once you're identified as a survivor of human trafficking, um, case in point in Austria, maybe they're changing the laws right now because Europe is going through, you know, um, some, you know, changes in how they look at migration and all. But um, maybe a couple of years back, you got a humanitarian visa instantly. You got a new identity and a new place to live. Once you are identified. But if you are just missing, then you're just going into, you know, from the pot, you know, the frying pan into the fire. So this yeah. is very important for Africans to understand this. Also, the forced labor abuses, some of which are extremely serious, you know, yeah. implicate investment in, for example, Europe, Americas, and Asia. Why am I saying this? Because when we look yeah. at human trafficking, we look at countries of origin. So in this case, yeah. countries in Africa, and we look at destination countries, which could be in the Americas or Europe. However, yeah. I have to also clarify that human trafficking does not only happen on an international scale. It happens international, it happens regional, it happens at a national level. So within you have to always think of within those layers, that's how the laws are applied. So back to Africa, when it comes to slavery, like related practices, which are not really monitored, but as in your face, case in point, West Africa, we know that their children who are harvesting cocoa, you know, cocoa beans and the farms of cacao to, yeah. to have chocolate in, in Switzerland, this was such a huge problem that I know some of the organizations that I know have actually um, you know, you know, explain the seriousness of this, and many of these chocolate uh, companies have signed um, agreements to be um, ethical agreements. It's kind of like an ethical business to make sure that their chocolate cacao is not picked by children, and so they they have to mm -hmm. follow up to ensure that these are being met. Are they being met? Again, that's a big question because again, you mentioned something very important, Benjamin. And, and Patrick also, you know, also mentioned that the systems are not there. So how yeah. do you, even if someone wants to protect the children, 
and the, the Ghanaians are not maybe paying attention to applying um, these treaties. Because every agreement and treaty and, you know, all these Palermo protocols, the GACW, all these different things are in place, but they need to be enforced. So the challenge in Africa is the enforcement of these agreements and treaties and um, and the ELO, you know, you know, labor laws that will protect their people from modern slavery. So mm-hmm. in Europe, um, you will see, um, um, and this is just, I'm overgeneralizing, but it's going to give you a really good sense. We see a lot of Nigerian women trafficked in the sex industry, prostitution across Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the East African mm-hmm. women um, in the au pair, which is kind of like a live, uh, a stay, you know, live in nanny. Um, yep, so these yep. are all, these are very difficult to reach. Um, it's easier even to reach the prostitutes and you know, sex workers because they're visible. Um, but these ones in the homes are very difficult to get to. Um, and that's where they're centralized. And then of course there's, you know, the Asians, Thai women, Filipino women are also within the au pair as well as, you know, prostitution and sex industry. I'm overgeneralizing and in between, you know, spread out our uh, West African women also um, higher side prostitution, lower side au pair. Um, and um, cleaning and all that, all under trafficking, possibly. Wow. What What is an au pair? An au pair is a, a living nanny, um, kind of like a, a house help, but also more like nanny duties, you know, taking mm-hmm. care of, of small babies. And this is very yeah. popular um, for Asian, uh, Thai, Filipino um, women, Ukrainian women, also Eastern Europe. Um, but since we're talking in the context of Africa, I just mentioned, you know, East Africa, uh, that's where I have seen um, them mostly concentrated when we are looking at identification. Wow. And and East Africa has become very notorious, man. You know, um... mm-hmm. there was a case of, of um, 50... 50 uh it was 50 women and children mm-hmm. who who were basically um being trafficked from kenya and um so what was, was the destination the, the, the destination kind of was the uae okay so yeah. the, the middle east is also you know but remember um, the history of trafficking, where the words came from. It was Middle Eastern, actually, starting with the white slave trade of mm-hmm. the Ukrainian women. And also, you know, we're talking in the context of Africa, but you have to remember Ukraine is a hot, a hot spot as well. Russia, Ukraine, Lithuania, Estonia. These women yes. are trafficked as male-to-order yeah. brides. And so that also, originally yeah. in the 1900s, they were one way to, East, uh, to the Middle East as concubines and prostitutes. Yeah. Mm. So this is that's why I say yeah. it's not a phenomenon. Yeah. We know this. We have the data. We have the history. So we should stop calling it a phenomenon. We have the data. We have the history. We just need to enforce what we're talking about. And forcing is always the, you know, the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually, the the, the, the report the, the the report actually said that um, she was being trafficked by um, a Kenyan based in Mombasa. You know, and um, basically mm-hmm. what 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 has happened is that they formed like a chain where their recruiters yeah. and then their their receivers and then their receivers on the other end so it's a whole chain yes it's a whole web yes it's a whole network you know mm-hmm. and, and and just uh, to add on to that mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. Um, yes east east africa and kenya in particular a, a major transit point um, for human trafficking all around africa and and you know across across continents especially kenya being that our connectivity in terms of the airlines uh and yeah so basically kenya has become a, you know a transit a major transit point in africa despite uh having you know uh, passing the victim protection bill in 2014 but enforcement is an issue uh law enforcement training and funding those are two key issues that we have in lots of african countries yeah. mm-hmm. patrick you've hit the nail on the head and yes 100 percent kenya is a transit country and there are a lot of treaties and bills enforcement is just not there 
you've actually hit the yep. nail on the head. And, and, and Kenya is also, um, you know, um, this, you know, when you t- when we talk, this is also what affects the collection of data. We also mentioned the training of the policemen. Imagine you're in Kenya, a house helper has run for her life. She's about yes. to be killed and she lands at a police station and she wants to talk about co- being coerced. Exactly. Imagine how that data is yes. collected and is there going to be a rape kit to prove that she was raped? Will she be taken to hospital? Even if she's, it's a, it's a good day and, you know, there's a, someone there who has some empathy and takes her to the hospital, will they accept her without paying upfront? Remember, she had to run. Usually when, when women exit, when they run, they don't have anything, not a purse, not a shoe. They just yes, had to indeed, leave. Yes. So even if she had the money to pay in this situation, she cannot. She just needs the help now. So this is also what affects the data that is out mm. there with the numbers of women and in general, any, anyone being trafficked in Africa because the data is collected by shelters, social workers, police, you know, law enforcement, mm. the legal system, the hospitals, the clinics, the doctors, the nurses. This is how data is collected, then passed on mm. to the data collecting agencies or to compile it, analyze it, and maybe have another you know, um, comparison, you know, data happening, you know, side parallel just to validate and see if it is, you know, if the data is good. But imagine where, what the starting point is Africa based on what has been collected. Just picture that. I know. And I think um, we also need, you know, we also need um, uh, better negotiating, you know, treaties with with the Middle East, because you find other, other countries, their bilateral, bilateral agreements, with the Middle East Green allows them, yeah, they, they, when they when they when their people go there to work or whatever, you know, they actually get protection from the other side. Not based really. on, based on no. those agreements, yeah. right? No, a, a lot of the treaties are not being enforced. Remember, human trafficking is is has an upward trend. It's not having a downward trend. There's an upward. It's actually trend. Yes. And, and COVID, in, COVID is not even helping because which now, is quite interesting because nobody yeah. knows really how that is the case. But clearly, we you know that's from my fi- from, from, a, from a financial perspective, that is COVID is not helping because it leaves there, there are many vulnerable people financially, and who can fall into the trap of coercion, yeah. right? Yeah, but again, we also had a lockdown, so apparently airports and transport systems should have been shut down, but people yeah. are still showing yeah. up. <laughs> people are still showing yeah up. because when we... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes but guys uh, when you look at the main reasons for uh, human trafficking in Africa and maybe elsewhere you know um, it, three there are three reasons that pop up uh, you know um, for economic reasons when you mm-hmm. you know uh, the economic situations in their countries are not doing very well and the that, uh, uh, political instability, conflict, territorial. Uh, then we have humanitarian or, envi- or environmental crisis in certain, like now uh, Goma, the, mm-hmm. the volcano that erupted erupted in Goma. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, so guys are crossing over to the families are crossing over to Rwanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we're going to so find, now, Patrick, that's an excellent observation. Traffic look at I, 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 yes. Haiti, Haiti also falls in that category, right? It's Mexico as well. Exactly. And of course, we want to focus. Migration yeah. is a hotspot for human trafficking um, because... Yes. And this is actually... Yes, migration. Yeah. The, 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 no, in all aspects, because the responsibility in, in migration falls on both destination and origin countries. Because and, and origin. in the case of Europe, why women Mm -hmm. especially young women are more vulnerable to you know um gimmicks you know for lack of better words or you know using you know unscrupulous tools to get paperwork and documentation to travel abroad even just for a vacation in all innocence is because they're refused and denied visas because they're young and single Mm -hmm. we saw that there's a huge bias when young women um from origin countries go and want to do everything straightforward just get a visa and go somewhere and travel on holiday but they make it difficult so she then you know looks for other sources and then you know she 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 lands into you know 
into the lap of you know some godsend you know business person who tells i'm going to help you but this is the cost so then you know what up yeah. yeah it's it's like it's like the 50 kenyans um, they, they were charged $2000 each well that i have i mean yes. i don't want to go into what they're charged they they're charged a lot and you know ali on benjamin you mentioned something about you know recruitment Yeah. And what we know about recruitment in origin countries is it is where it is the hub of coercion. So what is happening in the origin countries, you know, the the women and you know and young girls who are about to be so-called offered jobs and employment as domestic workers or whatever, au pair or whatever job they have been promised, yes. catering, restaurant yes. in an origin country are coerced. So what they're called, we call them holding centers because of the framework of how they're set up, and we also call them training camps. Now they call them training camps. These recruiters, remember, mm-hmm. these women have paid to be part of that because it's like they have been helped to go abroad. So they have paid yeah. money, good money, to be trained and so-called prepared for the new move, the new job. But as part of that training camp or whatever holding center. um for lack of better words we, that is quote and quote we called it that because that's how they've been run they have been primed and groomed for that coercive environment so here they are already being told you cannot we have to wake up at this time in the name of training you have to eat at this time this is when you take your 10 minute break and you do this and you do this. so when she arrives she's ready to do what her trainers taught her So there have been a lot of reports of restrictions on freedom of movement for these women being held at the centers you know often apparently you know in the name of preparing them you know for domestic service abroad so what happens again these these are these are the these are the employment agencies now right yes the recruitment employment agencies are the ones doing this so the agencies then will tell you that they have incurred their own costs um to host you feed you prepare you train you and teach you so you have to pay that and now what we have learned over the years is that they're not stupid they have a fine line and they're usually on the borderline of doing illegal activities but just within the legal framework wow you see so these are people who are very astute on the law um mm-hmm. and so it becomes very difficult to um to penalize them or to shut them down because usually they're on the borderline you know of what is legal and what is illegal um, yeah. but yeah a lot of it is constraint and coercion happening there as they prepare and groom them for yeah yeah legal loopholes right Yes, yes, yeah. They're very often the boundaries are between lawful and unlawful practices and most lawyers will say it's very difficult to draw the line. Yeah. Very difficult because they're just within the margins of the law. Mhm. Mhm. And in wow. countries if we're talking in Africa which already these industries are highly unregulated, uncoordinated and others are complete private sector. where people have signed contracts so these are binding agreements they're within the law in you know I'm just I'm over generalizing this because it's very complicated but I'm just saying that they usually practice on the margins of the law mm. yeah wow all right oh that was a moment of silence for, for yeah i'm just I know, it's such a heavy yeah, topic. yeah. so just testing you know, yeah. so, we don't bring so, this up during thanksgiving dinner <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so 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 on 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 a, on a bit of a light note you know yeah. yeah i'm i'm sure we've all come across you know all these uh, stories that we come across online or in the in the in the you know on print or whatever source of your news is about high profile people you know caught up in the whole thing so faith have Next you ever come up. across any high profile people you know in the trafficking sector maybe you should ask have we not come across <laughs> <laughs> and i rest my oh. wow okay okay <laughs> moving on swiftly <laughs> wow. yeah <laughs> yeah. 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 Patrick. Yes. Yeah. You know. You, yeah, you, it is you, one you, thing. You you like those kind of juicy stories, don't you? No, I, I love. Did, I needed to ask that because if 
if I didn't ask that question, you'd be like, Ben, man, why didn't you just ask? Yeah. So I had to ask. That one, that one was for you. Remember, yeah, trafficking is a very sophisticated business. And I will give you an idea so you can paint the picture. Anybody with half a brain can figure this out. It requires you to have legal paperwork, travel documents, mm-hmm. cross-border freedom illegally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we find people with European passports issued by embassies. So, mm-hmm. Wow. It's an intricate network of Yeah, it is a people. sophisticated network, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it involves many players. So when you t- when you're looking at the pimp and the prostitute, no, that is <laughs> which is which is the oldest trade in the world. Well, they do say um, prostitution, but remember, it depends on when you know. Remember, in the 1900s, it was not seen as a trade; it was seen as immoral. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, this is another thing we we have a lot of play of words. Yeah, it depends on what what we what time we're living in. You know, there were times women would be lynched. You know, if they were and, yeah. cultural biases. Yeah, because like in Islam, you know, a woman. Yeah, who's, and and the yeah. king had the king had the padlock. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but you know, Patrick, you bring a very good point. You say Muslim in Islam, the, the woman has to be pure. However, in the 1900 and before, they were the lead. Um, you know, everything works on demand and supply, and human trafficking is a business just like yes, no it other. Is. Yes. And I can't, if I was to go into the business of human trafficking, we'd need a whole hour. But that being said, um, they were actually the trade was going to the Middle East for prostitutes and concubines, while their women should be pure. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, on a, on 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 another note, what what do you think is driving the uh, the increase in the demand for boys, young boys? Is it? I, I was curious about that too. Man. Yeah, is it morality has changed, or are we accepting other norms that we that, or, you know? Or, or has what, it what, always been there and it's just been highlighted? And it's been hush hush. Or what what is it exactly? Because I, I know in ancient uh, uh, ancient Rome, um, yes, the issue of boys wasn't something really, really foreign to them. Oh, you should an, go to the Greek issue. museum. You should go to the yes. Greek museums. The whole series are all kinds of <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's amazing. So, I, so I'm, I'm I'm wondering, is it a morality issue that's driving, or is it sexual? Um, inclinations that are changing or people are getting more liberal or what is it exactly or is it getting more documented than before i i really see i don't work in child trafficking we were just having a conversation and she brought that Ah, to my attention and but i would like to say that in general human trafficking has an upward trend and you know we always talk about the four p's prevention protection prosecution and i don't know something else but Mm-hmm. When it comes to persecution, when you look at the billions of, of people who are trafficked, sometimes you can see 100 people persecuted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The numbers, the gap makes it such a lucrative business that, you know, it's like, damn, my risk factor is fantastic. Out of 50 billion people, uh, maybe one would get caught and be prosecuted. I'll do it. And yet the, the so, facilitation... And I'm also... generalizing it because, you know, that's a whole other topic, just focusing on the business of human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Mm, we can yeah. always do part two. <laughs> yeah. But we yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, we could absolutely if you're up for it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. Wow. Uh, wow. Trafficking is a, is a very huge topic, man. Very huge. It is. It's pretty wide. Yeah, it's you pretty know, wide, yeah. And I think we just need to demystify the words. Because when you say human trafficking, people say, oh, that's so far away from me. Meanwhile, she makes her house help work from four in the morning to midnight, seven days a week. Doesn't uh-huh. feed her, slaps her if she makes a mistake, doesn't give her any breaks, doesn't talk to her in a respectful way. She has no to ask permission to do all these things. Yeah. So I think we need to demystify the words human trafficking and just say modern slavery, this is what it means. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So, so what, what do you think uh, moving forward um, can be done better to, you know, 
Well, I could challenge everybody listening to look for clues. You know, be a little detective. <laughs> you'll be surprised when you know what to look for, you'll see it everywhere. Um, so one way you can look for clues, if, if you see, if you're talking to someone and they seem to lack control over their own personal schedule. Mm. Like maybe a wife. <laughs> mm. I cannot come, not now. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot talk, not now. He's coming home. <laughs> you know, um, the person is not able to move freely or control their working conditions. Mm. Um, so, a woman who works extremely long hours in one place with mm. a large number of clients, she has no free time for herself. Mm. A lot of house helps are dealing with that. Mm. Um, she has no control over her money and no savings. Or she doesn't even know what she's supposed to earn or when she doesn't know when she'll receive her pay that's a form of coercion mm-hmm. when you don't pay her on time because you make her nervous and you in a state of panic and not being able to meet her expenses so mm-hmm. um, so that's one way you know lack of control over her money you know the person is unable to keep their own money their earnings um, their earnings are withheld for them you know quote-unquote for safekeeping to help her with her savings plan and this applies to men too right everybody everybody yes um you know um um they're they're somebody who's just constantly fearful depressed um and also behaving in an overly submissive behavior you know um the person is scared to talk to outsiders and authorities this you will see a lot with teenagers um, you ask them a question and they start looking at the trafficker like, should I answer this question? And, you know, then they just don't answer. So you can look at their body language. Um, people in poor health. A lot of the prostitutes um, or sex workers, they, people, I don't know, people think they don't have STDs. They do have STDs. They're constantly aborting babies. So they're not in good health. Um, um, so if somebody is having, you know, is showing um you know signs of poor health physically and for women you know if your friends or family members are constantly telling you they have this std or that std urinary tract difficulties you know pregnancies from rape or prostitution um all kinds of this you know uh, you know, asking you to help them have some unsafe abortions you know all kinds of things you know um people working in some very you know sweatshop kind of like um, work environments might show signs of malnutrition um, some serious dental problems all kinds of things so just you know just be conscious of what you're looking at Um, bruises and scars the traffickers have gotten very clever with this they don't beat and abuse people in places that the scars will be visible so you can look at under the are you serious yes yes so they will under the call of the neck you know you have yeah they so that you know the lower neck maybe that's one place we see it a lot um but if some people just have them still physical uh you know physical so you can see that um substance abuse problems addictions um if you if the person wants to talk to you about it they might tell you the story behind why they're doing what they're doing um a lot of trafficked victims are actually coerced into drug use to numb them so a lot of women you know i know i I remember this is not um this year's data last year's this maybe two or three years data back but some of on average one woman prostitute would be forced to have about 110 clients a day and so in order for her to survive did you say 100 and 100 and what and 10. Mm. clients a day Yes. Oh, God. Is that even possible? This is just to paint the picture of how horrific it is. And in order for her to cope and just be and have some kind of sanity, they would be coerced into drug use so they're out of it. Yes, a lot of them. A lot yeah. of them. So she's not there. Um, and this is where also the customers and the clients um, play a huge role because remember, the customers of the prostitutes and sex workers are actually the funders of human trafficking. You are the sponsors. Wow. Um, wow. Heavy. That, yeah. yeah. And then um, if they're highly distra- I, I can go over and over, but um, 
there's also the Stockholm syndrome where, you know, the man is constantly abusing her, but she's affectionate towards him. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, the drill there. Yeah. So those are some of the very easy things you can do. And, and also just talk about it. I would say when you talk about you have to talk about it. Uh, saying human trafficking but what i see is most important is creating awareness and acknowledgement of how it is to ethically treat people because i've noticed if you bring these big heavy words everyone thinks that's not me i'm a good person i'm a good human being because remember uh, most communities that oppress people who are poor they've been socialized that way so what you're doing is you have to de re-educate them and create a new social construct where you should respect your house health. She shouldn't go to bed at 3am and wake up at 4am and work seven days a week. She's a human being. You know, when she's sick, take her to the hospital, make sure she has a good meal and she's healthy and happy and joyful. You know, just like you, you're an employer. You know, think of how your employer, you want to be treated by your employer and then think of how you treat your household or your nanny, you know. And, and you know so on so i wouldn't say you bring the white human trafficking or modern slavery i think it's more talking from a place of education knowledge sharing challenging the construct of how you treat others and the benefits of treating people well and you know the human aspect behind it yeah yeah, well, yeah. but being well. observant being observant is very important you will be surprised when you're observant you see a lot that's that's actually very good information for the listeners, you know. Yeah, it, it it helps them, you know, you know, with 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 identification, you know, they can be more aware of their surroundings, what is happening, you know. Yeah, and if Cause, you cause work, sometimes in, there's yeah. just someone near you who's mm-hmm. who who just needs help, you know, and they're trying to signal you in one way or another, but you're not coherent of those signs, you're not coherent of what is happening. You know and remember i think it was 80 percent of young women under the, around roughly around the age of 18 when mm-hmm. they exit they're re-trafficked oh my god and the reason why uh, we noticed they were being re-trafficked is because mm-hmm. the systems and the reasons that make them trafficked have not changed in the countries of origin exactly um yeah. uh, that's a major major issue because i'm thinking about um what you just spoke about in terms of you, the example you gave, for example, uh, house help. First, um, it's a matter of uh, education and sensitization. Mm-hmm. Then thereafter now, our local laws, as much as we've ratified our, you know, you know, our laws to some of these agreements, have we, um, uh, have we also uh, done the same to our local laws in regards to effective uh, when you take the case to court will will these people be brought to justice and uh, what what does the law expl- explicitly say about you know the parameters for example say what we were talking about the gray line domestic violence and you know trafficking and all that so that process and the sensitization when paired together i think now can start changing the way things work but first we have to get the story out there and people should start 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 talking about it and governments and leaders so that now we find some of these definitions and really enforce our legislation in regards to the same uh, but P- patrick sometimes you know even so, so, sometimes some things don't make sense and i i, I get what you're saying i yes. totally get what you're yes. saying but mm-hmm. you take for example you know mm-hmm. um kenya and uganda yep they actually put a ban you know, mm-hmm. on on people going like labor export, uh, exportation to the Middle East, they had put a ban. Yes. This was in 2016. Yes, one they year, did. One, one year later, they lifted the ban. So yeah, but, you have to, you yeah, have to but, tell me the, the, the they had fixed the issue of trafficking. But no, no, no. The traffickers no, are very no. sophisticated, and as you adjust yeah. the laws, they adjust their strategies. The strategies. So it, if yep. you're not putting in the right, you have to, I, for me, I came to the conclusion, everyone knows where I stand in prevention. There's all these four Ps, but the four Ps to me, when I look at the data, billions trafficked, hundreds persecuted. This is giving the traffickers a very clear exactly message. That is prosecution. 
So yes, I that... look at the prevention because again, we have seen this high percentage, 80% plus re-trafficked. If you mm. don't fix the reasons as to why people are trafficked, you know, even just from the basics of how women are treated, you know, they're not listening. Mm. Into some societies where, which are very patriarchal, some women just want to run away and just be somewhere else and do her own thing. It's exactly. like an escape. And exactly. remember, they, when, when, when your situation is so dire, you don't see the risks ahead of you. When you're in a state of fear, you don't think clearly. So you don't see the red yes. flags. And so a lot of people who are living in poverty have already mentally, psychologically, emotionally on a survival mode. So the decisions yes, exactly. that they're making are very rash, you know. And again, I must repeat, these traffickers are highly intelligent. They're sophisticated. They have a legal yes. team, I believe, because <laughs> they do. Yes. I love the team. Yes. Yes. The yes. You know, you speak to the lawyers, and the lawyers will shake their head and say, "God damn it!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you have a Johnny Cochran type, definitely. Yeah. yeah if if do. the glove don't fit, you must acquit. You must acquit. And the thing is, also, because of the nature of how human trafficking works, it's very hard to have evidence. How will you prove that you? You didn't pay her when you say no i pay her cash you an agreement then you ask the woman is, yeah, it, is it true you an agreement that you you get your payment in cash yeah did he ever pay you yes not not but not always now you have a problem do you mm -hmm. have a contract no we don't have a contract it's verbal yeah then there's nothing much you can do in that kind of situation yes there's a lot of and this is just a very basic and another thing a lot of trafficking happens through family and friends of course strangers but the person trafficking is a family member, an uncle, you know, that good uncle who's, you know, he's, he's God sent, you know, your auntie who is a madame, you know, the uh -huh. Nigerians used to call them the madams of sorrow because they were so vicious. So mm. they're women traffickers too. A lot of times in documentaries, they only show exactly. the men as traffickers, but I will tell you there are women traffickers who are vicious. So it's your family members, it's your friends, it's the people you trust. Yeah, it's always trust and vulnerability too, yes. and that's what they take advantage of. Yes, but this also boils down to when you get to the point of persecution. You have mothers calling their women, the women, when she's about to go to court to say, you know, you cannot let your brother rot in jail. Ah, you see that. So they will say, I, I, I can't, you know, I can't turn him in. Your yeah. uncle helped you, okay. now you're in Europe. You know, at least you have something. So what are you doing to destroy, to bring the family shame? Mm -hmm. So after I from mothers and fathers and brothers and women literally being coerced by their own family and threatened, if you do that, I never want to see you. You don't belong to this family, we denounce you. Yeah, or, or you know, you're looking at it from the aspect of, okay, my country is, you know, I come from a war-torn country we're still fighting we're being persecuted back home so what choice do i have yeah and let me persevere on this end and it's just wow damned if you will damned if you don't yeah and so for me that's why i focus i like to focus on prevention um, yeah. i like to focus on having these conversations around you you know creating an environment that Prevents, and I always say, people think there's a certain profile of women who are trafficked. Um, mm. No, it could be your 16-year-old daughter who's trying to show you how rebellious she can be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she, somebody tells her, you just go to Italy for a summer vacation and have some fun there. You know, forget your dad. I'll help you. And she mm -hmm. says, yeah, let's do it. Let me show him. And she thinks she's just going to, you know, be rebellious for a few months, and she ends up in some funny place, and nobody ever hears of her. Oh man! And, so I and, like and, people to take this very seriously. It's not a stupid, illiterate women. Of course, a lot of women no, don't have a high level of education, but there are those women who've just been, you know, groomed and primed, and you know, by their boyfriends and fiancés and all kinds of people. <laughs> and you know what? The internet has has also come with you know. Uh, the risk exposure has increased with the internet. Now we have a young girl. Oh who are yeah! Don't even start with online dating, everything. Oh my God! And you yeah. see, that's when you know things start. And you know, even the you know, you meet someone, and we're not talking about a young person. Maybe in the twenties, and you meet a guy who you think, you know, likes you and all that, and he sends you a ticket, 
and you find out that oh my god it's all about uh sexual abuse when you get to the other end yeah you know so if you're crazy. listening and you're a young girl or you know even a mature woman and you think that this is a joke and you think there's such a profile or certain way it happens i want to remind you mm. be very careful yes. be yes. very very careful because it has happened to even the best yes now, i will also tell you this because i think you need to know it the streets of italy turin and other cities are known for have finding bodies in the parks of nigerian women oh my god yeah Rachel. yeah that's true yeah and because their identification has been taken by the traffickers so that you, yeah. you can never be traced it is even hard to trace a body to which country state and village and family she's just a john doe that's all she is a john doe literally even the embassy doesn't know how to help her wow so i want to tell you that before you think that you know everything you have to think twice i'm saying this out of love in the nicest possible way not to scare you but to make you see the seriousness of you thinking that you know everything and you thinking that you know these destination countries are everything now i always tell people you african young women and because we're talking in the context of africa i would give this same advice to an eastern european or asian woman in all destination or you know origin countries and so on but latin america and so on but mm-hmm. i'm talking to the african young girls you are smart and you're brilliant if you want to come to europe you can get a scholarship it's easy yes. you can come and study and you know you will have accommodation when the scholarship is fulfilled and you yeah. can then decide for yourself do you want to stay and in some european countries they actually give you a period after you graduate to get work okay yeah so it okay. is okay it is possible for you to do it the right way mm-hmm. so get over the microwave you know a kind of quick solution quick fix uh, that yeah. you're looking for because any person who wants to give you a job because you are half naked has already told you what they have in store for you. Exactly. Oof. Wow. Guys. Whoa. So, <laughs> Amazing. You are brilliant. You can come to any European country that you of your picking and you can get a scholarship because you're brilliant. It is possible. Many have done it and you can study to PhD level if that's your thing correctly. In the amen, amen, amen to that. Now yeah. guys. Unfortunately, yep. we can continue talking on and on and on, but we we out of time. So, mm-hmm. I'll give you a chance, Patrick. What do you think, man? What 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 do you think? What's your last word on this on on all this? First, I'd like to thank Faith. You've been so brilliant. You've educated me so much. And it's it's really been real and it's a pleasure. And um for for all our African women men please um there's so much more to your to your strengths to to achieving your visions than than going the shortcuts just try and go the right way and also to our government please legislation that can strengthen our laws so that we keep our people safe and we make sure that we 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 take care of our people in our embassies wherever we have them and uh, i just i just ask and plead for more tolerance even amongst couples and yeah. that's all like yeah boom you had it super co-host <laughs> but well said Faith, uh, thank you anything you want to yes. add I want yeah. to thank you both for such a really good conversation. I really enjoyed this. You two are amazing. It was so much fun. I enjoyed you it. You kept it real. <laughs> you didn't yeah. you, you didn't get you, know, you didn't get too shocked by such a heavy topic. You still managed to make it a bit, you know, bearable. <laughs> so, you know, to all our listeners, it can be a heavy topic, but I just want yes. to say one last thing before, you know, I know you want to close out and I just want to tell all the amazing young people out there that when a deal is too sweet uh be prepared to get a toothache. Mhm. Yep. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. 100, you know, I got to close this. Yep. So to the listeners, thanks for joining us this week. 
on the Barraza. It's been an amazing show, Faith. It's been an amazing show. Thank you for gracing us, man. 100%. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on, on, onto the show. Yes, you we know? do. Yeah. Thank you, Faith. Um, you can catch all our episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show while you're at it. If you found value in this show or the episode, we'd appreciate a rating or if you'd simply tell a friend to tell a friend about the show that is. That will help us a lot too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. I'll leave you with a quote as usual. But this time I'll follow Faith's lead with a sweet tooth. So this is by Desmond Tutu. When the missionaries came to Africa, they had the Bible and we had the land. They said, let us pray. We closed our eyes. When we opened them, we had the Bible and they had the land. Have a great week. Kwaheri. Kwaheri. Thank you. Bye.